0: To the Economy Guy, this is Tom Harvey. I give you information and facts and some of my personal opinions on what's going on in the world economy today. Occasionally I'll go off on a little sidetrack, but I can assure you those sidetracks have important economic impacts on what's happening and what's happening with your money. I want you to have the ability to make great financial decisions and informed financial decisions. That's the purpose of today's and every day's podcast. Sunday, July 26th, and this is the Economy Guy. Tom Harvey coming to you on this fabulous week. It was a uh, newsworthy week. And the big news in the markets was very simple. Everything went sideways, except gold went up 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 it closed above 1900 dollars per ounce that's the spot price on friday 1901 that's a big deal it went up uh about 20 dollars a day uh, last week for the certainly the last three to four days it was a startling thing And since it's closed above 1900, and the all-time high ever in the world for gold is 1920, there's no doubt in my mind that it will be touching 1920 next week. Will it go through it? We'll see. Tough to predict that. But if it goes through it, technically there's nothing above it to stop it. Just the weight of the price itself. So that will be a fascinating world to be in above 1920. So, those are the markets. What's coming up today is some truly fascinating stuff. I'm going to talk about what's going on internationally in various countries. Uh, I hope you enjoy that. I think it's important. Uh, And I have as part of that some massive, world-shaking news that no one else is talking about that I know of. Certainly not the mainland, main news media people out there, and, and I don't hear politicians talking about it, but this is as big a deal as it comes in the world when this news does hit. So stay tuned for that one. And lastly, I'm going to tell you what's going on in detail in the U.S. markets Um, and why, there's so much data coming out now that it's easier to analyze and to tell you what's pushing the markets the way they are, you know, what are they, where are they, where are they going, all of that good stuff. So let's just start, let's start with, uh, hey, so for the last eight weeks we've had level unemployment claims. I predicted that a long time and I'm really proud of that prediction that it would go level and it has been amazingly level. The initial claims uh, is at the one and a half million people level, plus the PUA claims on top of that, another million. It's a total of two and a half million claims per week. That's a sign of a very, very bad economy. The uh, continued claims is uh, 31.8 million, or about 20% of the labor force. That's in the United States. 20% of the labor force is not working today. Uh, so here's an interesting article on uh, what U.S. cities are resilient or are vulnerable to the virus economy that we're in, and that's an interesting question, and that's been studied in a little detail, and it says, the best city is Boston, that has the best chance of recovery. The worst cities are Las Vegas, Miami, Detroit, and one that surprised me, San Diego. Ooh, isn't that interesting? Uh, oh, here's a, a fun story. A- anybody ever go out and get uh, a document notarized? I have, a lot. Well, the first time ever this last week, we've had an automated notarizing. You do it on your computer. The first time ever that's happened, it was in North Carolina. So that's probably a sign of the future. And uh, an old story here. Uh, yeah, there's a, an app out there called Robinhood where you can... Uh, Buy uh, shares and sell shares, and so it's for small investors. And uh, those small investors, uh, and it's a new app, that's why they're small investors. Are they have purchased? Uh, there are 500,000 people who own Tesla shares, and there's uh, 300,000 who own Moderna, which is a a a, a, a pharmaceutical company. Uh, and the small guys are getting in right now, and the big guys are getting out of the market. Uh, That's an old story. Uh, uh, When the smart money gets out and the the ignorant money gets in, that's bad news. So uh, just an interesting point of view. Talking about international news, why do I have international news at all? And that is because my experience tells me that if something goes wrong internationally, the U.S. gets involved and it always has economic impacts. It could lead to war, uh, and some of this that I'm going to talk about is heading that direction. So uh, let's start with a fun one. That's Lebanon. Lebanon. The Lebanon economy is a dead man walking right now. You see, the uh, Lebanese government is asking the IMF for a bailout, and the IMF always asked for massive reforms to uh, the government. Oh, that gets the bailout. So they're asking that from Lebanon. And there is a bloated, huge Lebanese government. About half of the people in Lebanon are living under the poverty level today. And uh, so that's not good, is it? And hyperinflation is alive and well there. You see, the value of the Lebanese, whatever it is, I don't know what it is. Anybody know what it is? Um, Fell by 60%. Yes, 60%. No, not in a year. It fell 60% in one month. Uh, That's hyperinflation in its worst form. So will they get a bailout by the IMF? Well, there's a big problem, and that's the biggest political group in Lebanon today is the Hezbollah. And as we know, that's a terrorist group. And that is not acceptable to have a government run by a terrorist group Uh, by any lender, so the IMF won't lend unless the Hezbollah is mm, removed somehow. So it doesn't look good for Lebanon, not in the near future. How about the European Union? When we last talked, they were trying to come to an agreement on a 750 billion euro bailout caused by the virus to pay various countries for the loss they've had. It's an additional new bailout. And this is a lesson on how the European Union works. You see, there's a bunch of uh, nations in the north who didn't want to give money away, so they were stopping the thing, but they came to a compromise, and that's how the European Union works. So rather than have 750 billion euros of grants, meaning free money, no strings attached, uh, they they chopped it into two pieces. You see, 360 billion of it will be loans, so there are strings attached, and $390 billion will be string, no-strings ta- uh, grants, and those will go to the countries in the South that everyone thinks doesn't know how to spend money wisely, and that's Spain and Italy. But that's the way it is, and uh, and that's the compromise that has come out. And here's a fun one. The United Arab Emirates has launched a Mars probe. Yes, they have. So the UAE is joining the United States and China in the space race to Mars. Uh, Who would have ever thought that the UAE would be one of those nations? Uh, That's kind of interesting. I think that's fascinating and interesting. So we'll leave that there. I'll be right back with the very, very serious international news very serious news, and it all has to do with China. And this is where it gets serious, in my mind. Uh, We have so many relations, different kind of relationships with China, and almost without exception, they're all going south. And there's no good relationship that's getting better. They're all getting worse. So here's the first story is that uh, the Chinese consulate in Houston was uh, closed down by the United States. And uh, China re- retaliated by closing a consulate in China. Of course, that was to be expected. And uh, but the, pro- the reason it was closed down is uh, there was uh, accusations by the U.S. government must had good proof that the Chinese were spying on industrial secrets, on et cetera, et cetera. That they, in fact they were all using that as a base. So it was a spy's nest. They were using it as a base to um, contact professors who they were paying in U.S. universities to get their research results. So that's uh, China. But that's China, kind of business as usual for the Chinese, right? I mean, that's what we expect for the Chinese. They've been stealing our secrets for a long time. What's the bad, bads thing? Well, it has all to do with Uyghurs. The Uyghurs are a group of, uh, of Muslims that live in China. There's about a million of them, and they've been rounded up and put into... Uh, uh, re-education camps, put that in quotes, and they are uh, used as slaves for some U.S. firms to build their stuff. So if you think if you buy some sporting shoes uh, from U.S. companies, they may have been built by slaves. Uh, and there's some neat photographs that are around, and that's not big new news. That's not something that, I mean, you, people have seen it. I've seen it on the media. I've seen it on television that that's happening. But that's not the big story. This is the big story, and this is a, uh, a terrible, terrible story. And this one, I don't understand why it hasn't hit the mainstream media or that some politicians haven't come out and to start talking about it because they must know about it. And this is uh, a thinking thing where I got this from a, what I consider a very credible source. There is a, uh, a reporter who is top-notch reporter in the United States, and uh, he had did an interview with a man who's did the research on this, who is also credible, and is coming out with a book to uh, document this in detail. You know. So it'll be out in the somewhat near future. Here's the story. Of, of the Uyghurs, about 25,000 Uyghurs disappear every year. 25,000, they just poof, gone. And the question is, why? What's going on? Just in the middle of the night, poof, they're gone. Well. There appears to be a multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar, I think it's closer to the truth, business in China for body parts. If you want to have a heart, lung, kidneys, or liver, you can uh, call 1-800-CHINA and order your part, and you can go there and have an operation, and they match you up as good as possible. Uh, so that they, this transplant will work. And uh, people from the Middle East are doing that with money and uh, they're paying a hundred to $500,000 for a single organ as, as this thing, as it goes on. This is a, uh, you see the uh, perfect age for a donor of these things is 28 years old. That's when they're mature and perfect. And those are the people who are uh, the involuntary donors. Now this is, as bad as it gets in the world. Because if you consider what happened in the World War II, in the worst atrocities there, this is worse in my mind. It's certainly equivalent. So watch that spot. It can lead to some very nasty discussions. Move on to quite a long discussion here on what's going on in the markets around the globe And in the United States because where I have a lot of data but we have so much more data coming in now of what's going on in reality that we're getting a much better picture and this is an interesting story so stick with this one it's it it hangs together let's look at the globe today where what is happening well stock markets are moving sideways and they're volatile so they wiggle up and down right they're jiggly so but volatility means they jiggle up and down a lot so That's what stocks are doing. I always say stocks are moving sideways when I open my thing, it's true. Uh, Inflation is low in spite of the fact that we've had a major supply interruptions of goods and services around the globe. Uh, You would think that that would cause inflation to go up from logically speaking, but it isn't. Inflation is low today. See, both of those were caused by the virus pandemic and caused by the government reaction to that pandemic, especially, right? But what about the unintended consequences of those government actions and the fact that those government actions were made in haste? Those were hasty actions. They had to happen now, right? So there was no time for real thought, just action. So, I believe that means that there are more side effects that occur due to those government actions than well thought out and debated actions that would occur. That's just me thinking out loud, but I believe that that's the case. You see, today we have, I think we actually have high inflation, but not in the CPI, not in the Consumer Price Index, whatever it's called in every nation around the world. It happens to be in the markets, in the stock markets. Uh, that's, that's where the money is going right now. So over to the US markets now, where we have lots of really good data. And just look at the share value that is going sideways. Well, those values are high or overvalued, depending on how you want to define that. And I'm going to go that in some detail. Now, what does overvalued mean? Well, the classic price-to-earnings ratio for shares is around 16. That's historically true. Currently, it's 26. That says overvalued. And that's used looking one year ahead and bringing forward just one year earnings. What's the current one year out going to look like? But if you look out rather than one year, you look out two or three years, the price-to-earnings ratio, if you do that calculation, is 20 or 21. Closer to 16, but still overvalued. But I believe earnings are actually uh, optimistic when people look at that. Uh, So the price to earnings value, when we actually get there in the future, will actually be higher than uh, these estimates are. So that's uh, not good. We could also look at, uh, there's another measure of value and that's price to sales the price per share divided by the sales per share ratio. And uh, right now, if you look at that ratio, stocks, the, look at, talking about the S&P 500, does, that's a good measure, uh, are the highest ever in the world, ever, 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 in that particular measure. So that just says it's overvalued. Another measure of overvalued. Now it's getting a little more detail here. Um, if you look at the S&P 10, the top 10 shares in the S&P, they have gone up 35% in uh, this year, and the uh, S&P 490, those uh, other, the right remaining of the S&P 500, have gone down 10%, so there is a kind of a uh, bifurcation going on here in the shares of the S&P 500. Interesting, so it's just the top 10. Well, let's, let's look at that in a little more detail, and let's just really focus in on that. Let's look at the top three stocks just the top three in the S&P 500. That's Apple, Amazon, and Microsoft. Their valuation, the value of those three companies added together is $5 trillion, $5 trillion. Now, that's more than the uh, German economy. Yes, it is. The German GDP is less than $5 trillion. Uh, that kind of gives you the size and the strength of those particular companies. Uh, but something's interesting when you look in detail of those three companies and you, see, you look at the uh, historic uh, value as, as their value is going up, their share price is going up, uh, then we are also seeing that their free cash flow is going down. In other words, the amount of money that they're making and free cash flow happens to be one of the most important things you get out of a company. It's not earnings, etc. It's not profit. It's free cash flow. And that's not good. In fact, it's going down much faster than the price is going up. And if you look at the value of those three companies, they're in the three sigma deviation range from normal. They're, I mean, way out there overvalued. But that's okay if you have a tech stock that's growing like crazy, like these three companies did when they were smaller, and there's a big future. But if you have falling free cash flow, significantly falling free cash flow, the future uh, isn't that Bright, and if you believe in the uh, reversion to normal, in other words, uh, a share goes up and down, but it goes around kind of a normal amount, a normal value, like a price earnings ratio of 16, uh, then in order to have a reversion of those three shares, you either have to have a lot more sales going up or a significant fall in the stock price. Now, which one do you think is, is gonna happen? yeah i think it'll be a combination of those both if i had to guess but uh when if when and whatever is a whole nother question right now i'm going to kind of go off on a tangent but it's comes right back again it circles back i just kind of listen to this good story you see when the virus hit in the march of this year uh sporting events stopped Sporting events. You know, it was baseball season. People stopped playing baseball, etc. It just didn't matter. All of those kind of events stopped. The side effects of that, stopping sporting events, was that, uh, first of all, thousands of people lost their income, lost their jobs, because all the people who support that, that's it, they don't have a job anymore. But, and here's the big but, millions of gamblers in the United States had nothing to bet on. That is a fact, and that was a big deal. See, the gambling on sports is a big deal in the United States, and that money stopped because there's nothing to bet on, right? Horse races. Oh. Government. Uh, what happened also at the same time? The government gave out uh, $1,200 cash to every uh, almost all taxpayers. Okay, except the very wealthy. Uh, and. Uh, millions of people got $600 per month benefits from the PUA program. Uh, And there were other programs that gave out money, but those were the two main ones where cash was injected straight to the masses of people. But the, uh, now here's where the data comes in. Uh, Someone has wonderfully calculated the total income to the population of the United States for each month this year. And if you look at uh, January and February, being the and March being kind of the normal months, where the normal amount of income was made, little deviation in March. But January and February, if you consider that the hundred percent mark, well, <coughs> it turned out that May and June and July, there was more money made than that amount in January and February than people had before because of these government programs. Now, let's get back to gambling. This is so much fun. If you can't gamble on sports, so where does the excess money go? Because this is excess. This is extra. This is money burning holes in pockets. You could just about see the smoke. Well, here's a fun fact. Google search shows that around that time, starting in March and onward, that one of the great interests, in other words, what were people searching for, is something called tech stocks. Tech stocks was the search thing. And as I talked about before, there was an app called Robinhood that came out also, which was a free app and it allowed you to do free trades. And it's easy to buy and sell stocks right on your telephone wherever you are, walking along the street, you can buy and sell. And so there were a lot of people that did that as I talked about before. So uh, the extra money, started in April through July, but it's not gonna be there in August. It's going to be negative amount in August. But is the government gonna to top it up? Well, they're talking about it, but it's gonna be delayed. So, so what does all this mean? That this is a terrible time to buy and hold stocks, which is a strategy a lot of people like. They just buy it and hold it for the rest of their life. It's a bad time to do that because prices are high, right? High, high, high. Because the future is down in share prices sometime in the future. Now, it's very possible to buy and then sell in the future to someone else, some higher sucker, uh, and make a profit. And good luck to you. So it's possible to do that. That's trading, like day trading. And that's what a lot of people are doing. Um, You see, when... The market turns down. It turns down on a trigger event, on something happening, something that causes it. And it's impossible to define what that is or what and when it will happen. But let's just talk about what ifs. I mean, there's a, the new government stimulus idea that's coming a while and it's being delayed for a few weeks. If that doesn't happen for some reason, uh, that could be a big enough trigger. That added money not coming out. Uh, how about the next quarter, the third quarter? Results. We are going to have high unemployment. We just see that that continues, and we will have lower earnings, much lower probably than anyone expects. That could be a trigger. That could be. You see, eventually, and eventually is as long as a piece of string. We're going to have a new normal out there, and that new normal will emerge, emerge slowly but inevitably, and everything that's out there will be repriced, and when I say everything, I mean real estate will be repriced, stocks will be repriced, bonds will be repriced, commodities will be repriced, we're seeing gold being repriced right now, food will be repriced, medicine will be repriced, college fees, college itself will be repriced, government will be repriced, entertainment will be repriced, sports and sporting events will be repriced, clothing, you name it, just everything is going to be repriced. Some of those things will go up in price. Some of those things will go down in price. I'll leave it to the listener to decide which is which because it's always enticing to let you think for yourself. So this is it for this week. This is the Economy Guy wishing everyone a fabulous weekend and week. Hang in there. Isn't life interesting? Thanks for listening. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button. This is Tom Harvey, and I'm an investor and not a financial advisor. So understand that nothing in this podcast should be construed as advice or a solicitation to trade in any market. And I disclaim any responsibility for any negative effect of decisions made by listeners.